Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, everyone. We got some amazing news for you that we can finally let you know about. We've been so excited about this. This Friday on August 12th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we're going to be premiering our brand new show on AdultSwim.com called The Last Stream on the Left. It is live, so you have to tune in at 7.30 p.m. Eastern to check it out. That's The Last Stream on the Left on AdultSwim.com, August 12th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you all there. Now here's more Albert Fish. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? I'm just, I'm following my dreams. (laughs) I'm just following, you know, yes and. Follow the fear. All right, your first step is your best step. Never trust a rainbow. That's a very good point. Are we good to go? Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Hey. We got this guy. He's a sage over here. You know what I've been told is that I'm, my freedom of speech is being canceled today. <laughs> it's so not. that's. I guess we're all going to, to talk in jail. Today. We put a small <laughs> limitation on certain activities that you might want to engage in. Sitting here and talking jail, just take them a little cup, <laughs> oh all filled God. with my truths <laughs> that are too real. Once, well, once uh, again, Henry Zabrowski, too real for fucking America. Uh, just bling, ding, 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 ding across the bars of talking jail. All right. Well, stay in talking jail then. <laughs> Three squares a day. Ooh. All right. <laughs> Not bad. No, actually, that's fine. I've only been eating two because I've been skipping lunch, but making my breakfast and my dinners bigger. There you go. Albert Fish, part two. We're continuing down this nightmarish road that can only be brought to you by last podcast on the left. Absolutely. So let's pick back up with Albert Fish in 1917 when his wife of 20 years left him for a boarder named John Straub, who'd been staying with the Fish family in their apartment, leaving Fish and all six of his children behind. Now, this Mm. is sort of like when uh, uh, David Berkowitz's mother left him. Yeah. When when that finally happened, it was like he this was the thing that technically threw him off the edge into total psychopath ology. I mean, so, this is what he said threw him off the edge. Right. So this John character mm-hmm. went and met the now ex-wife of Albert Fish. She had six kids, and somehow he fell in love with her. Yeah. Well, he was staying at their place, and she lit out without taking the kids. She left all six kids behind with right. Albert Fish alone with that man. And what do we know about Albert Fish and kids? He's great with them. <laughs> well, <laughs> just in terms of, like, he is really good with, like, Michael Jackson was great with kids. They loved coming to that and to his gigantic Neverland ranch filled with fun animals and carousel rides. 
a little bit of a semen room. But he had a (laughs) bunch of just fun balloons everywhere, and everything was recorded for sound. And everywhere he was playing moans. Yes, (laughs) to the extent that he kept them occupied, I suppose. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Think about how hard that is. Six kids? You know how much spanking you're going to have to take with six kids? All right, take it. You're in talking jail. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. 725 to life for being the coolest dude in the room. (laughs) Here's your loaf. (laughs) Thank you. He he likes the loaf too much. Can I have a third loaf now? I prefer to have all three now. Yes. So, Albert Fish, he gave this as justification for his terrible behavior, among many other justifications. He said that he had been, quote-unquote, betrayed. He had nothing left to keep him attached to this world, so he was now justified in doing whatever the hell he wanted. And his long, downward spiral began fairly innocently. I don't know, it's, though. It never was innocent. <laughs> it was this comparatively innocently. Fairly innocently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By Albert Fish standards. Yeah, by Albert Fish standards, this is comparatively innocently, but very, still very creepy. Uh, the same year that Fish's wife left, his daughter, in the middle of the night, went downstairs to get a glass of water. And as she walked through the living room to the kitchen, she found her father lying on the floor rolled up to his nose in the living room carpet. Mm-hmm. The daughter, apparently used to this sort of thing, went back upstairs without a word. And when the daughter came back down the next morning, Albert was just then unfurling himself. See daisy <laughs> This is the dizzy part. Mm, I want to play human cigar. <laughs> and when she asked him very innocently, just, Father, why would you do such a thing? He said... St. John. St. <laughs> John the Apostle told me to. Oh. And he was called covered in beans. Wild stuff. Huh? I'm a naughty little burrito, aren't you I? You are. Sometimes, you know, when they don't fold a burrito right, it falls apart. You know yeah. what you got to do to a naughty burrito what is do you, you got to spank it back into shape. Well, let's get this going early. Kind of true, actually. I know you haven't had coffee yet, my nine-year-old daughter, but let your coffee be spanking your father. Just think about how much more weak you'd be every day if you had to get up and give your father a good sound spanking for being a naughty burrito. That is not right. (laughs) So this whole St. John the Apostle thing, this is when Albert Fish's religious mania began in earnest. One of his sons told a story that occurred a few years later in 1922 while the boys were playing football out on a plot of land in Westchester where the Fish family had settled following the divorce. And just as Albert Jr. was about to throw the ball, he saw his father standing on a hill, completely nude, Mm. yelling... I am Christ. I am Christ. I am Christ. I am Christ. <laughs> Is that your dad up there? Is he saying I am Christ? I, he's ham Christ? Weird. <laughs> he was saying it over and over and over again. And the boy, as the fish children did many times throughout their lives, just looked the other way. Like the American government did during 9-11. <laughs> Think about it. Well, you know, my grandmother used to stand up and her pants would constantly fall down in public places. So this isn't that <laughs> unusual for people of a certain age. But you know your, grandfa- your grandmother, right? This is my grandmother on my mother's side, so you can't make any jokes. I know, but this wasn't out of some weird sexual predilection. It wasn't like no. she fell, her pants fell down, and she's like, oh no, everybody's got to come and lick my pants up past my knees. <laughs> I don't it's know. Because like, that's when it becomes, that's a sexual fetish. That's an embarrassing thing. That's because of old age. She and it probably it. haunted her. I don't no. think it haunted her. She loved 
loved it. So she was kind <laughs> of didn't even care. So she was kind of like that Spencer's gift thing that you'd squeeze the bulb and yeah, the pants would, go would down. Fall out. Yes. And she laughed. She loved it. She didn't even laugh. She didn't care. She would just they'd be like, "Hey, uh, Lily, and your pants are down." And she'd be like, "Yeah." And then she would just pick them up. Shame, I can't to- feel anything on the skin of my legs. We I, I, we can't talk about this for at length, but I'll go into it on roundtable, perhaps, or maybe top half. All right. So in 1928, Fish was living with his sons, Eugene and John, on East 81st over in Manhattan. The boys came home at about 5.30 in the afternoon to find their father sitting in his bedroom with the door wide open, sticking needles in himself. That's the strangest thing so far. Human cigar... Bean Christ naked on the on the uh, hill. I can deal with both of those, but now this is where it gets odd. So when they asked him just what the hell he thought he was doing, mm. Fish told him that he had received a message from Christ telling him that's just what he needed to do at this time in his life. Can you imagine if he had a smartphone, <laughs> how many notifications from Christ he would have had? Uh, so many. <laughs> to just but, on all platforms. You know what? Quite frankly, I'm not sure if Christ didn't want him to do that. <laughs> what if you're Jesus, you're bored constantly, you're in control of everything, you're like... I really, what can I do to mess? I just want to watch a funny show today. Would it be gonna, have, tell me, tell me, Gabriel. Do you think it would be funny to make this old man stick pins inside of himself like he's a big stinky bush? <laughs> yes, Christ. Once again, you are you are true humor. <laughs> I am the Dennis Miller of heaven. <laughs> the Dennis Miller of heaven. So naturally, after that, the two sons shuffled their by then 48-year-old father off onto their brother, Albert Jr. Mm. And again... One afternoon, who knows why Fish loved doing this specifically in the afternoon. But Junior, while trying to fix a pipe that had gotten all gunked up, and because it's also Albert Fish, too, because you know that if the pipes are gunked up, uh. fucking Hamilton did it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was trying to get him ungunked, and he accidentally found a pair of homemade paddles hidden underneath the sink. The paddles were each about two feet long, and inserted into them were nails which protruded about an inch and a half outward, and both paddles were covered in dried blood. That's what he said, is that the needles were actually also very short, too. That's the way they they described it. They were like sewing needles that he had, like, glued or attached them somehow to these paddles. They're homemade. These Mm -hmm. are like, this is fucking the most Brooklyn thing that you can do this is a and DIY. torture yourself. This yes. is a DIY. DIY. Yes. Um, and uh, he said that not only were they covered in dried gl- blood, but they were covered in bits of gore. Ooh. Like literally stucks on the end. Of, like if you've ever, Texas you've ever Chainsaw been, Massacre style. Like huh? literally, if you've ever been on the set of a horror movie or seen places where they build special effects, the way they do it is by they make latex and they rip it and they kind of hang it, like all dyed with food mm. dye, and they leave it on top of the nails. But imagine that, but it's coming from your father's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an intense butcher session there. I was thinking, though, if it, in case of a zombie apocalypse, this would be a great apartment to break into and steal all of the goods from. I mean, this seems like a great uh, walloping bat to a zombie's face. No, no. <laughs> I mean, no. No, no, no. no. you got to break the zombie's head. No, no, no. The best weapon in the zombie apocalypse, I think, is the baseball bat with the big nails coming out. And like Harley be, Quinn. And not Suicide be trapped Squad. inside of the building with the man <laughs> no, who's can... constantly asking you to spank him because he's the reason why the zombies are here. Well, you never know. I just feel like it could be a good bat. Good weapon. (laughs) It very much could be. So when Albert Sr. arrived home a few hours later from God knows where, Albert Jr. asked him, hey, what's the deal with the paddles? What is the deal? (laughs) Seinfeld ruined that entire phrase. I am really kind of upset with him for that. 
These paddles can't use them for swimming, can't use them for boating. What are we doing? Spanking ourselves with them? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what is the deal with that? See yourself out. <laughs> and after much protesting about his son finding the paddles, Fish finally broke down and softly said, I use them on myself. I get these feelings that come over me, and every time they do, I have to torture myself with these paddles. Want some flapjacks? <laughs> oh, yeah, flapjacks sounds good. That's not raspberries on them. So, but, it's bits of my ass. <laughs> oh, well, that makes it a little bit worse. Uh, but do you think he was having uh, pedophilic tendencies or, or thoughts, and then whenever he would have those, he would punish himself with this with this spanking uh, paddle? I think that he tried to validate him to himself that that's what he was doing, because that's what we're going to find out later on, is that he believed that he was punishing himself for his many crimes. Rightfully so. But I think at the same time, he had already flipped reverse so hard that he just liked the punishment. Yeah. This is the problem with someone who's truly this sadomasochistic is that as much as you punish them, they love it. Yep. That's why sometimes you just got to give him a hug. <laughs> he would have hated that. He would have hated it. No, actually, I don't think so, because he would have gotten hard and would have known that you would have found it unpleasant that you, you was hard. Well, hugging, mm. you imagine hugging a you tiny, short, little, shrunken old man. I mean, like, oh, he just needs some affection. Then feel like the oop, as his penis just goes up your leg. I would have given him a Starbucks gift card then. <laughs> I've never seen somebody sad to get a gift card. <laughs> never. Is that the only way to torture Albert Fish? I think so. Ooh, free mocha? Ooh, yeah. I hate it! <laughs> so by the time the 1930s came around, Albert was, as far as his masochistic tendencies went, really hitting his stride. And despite the paddle incident, Albert Jr. still lived with his father oh, in the 1930s. God damn it. And, and Jr. said that one night he came home and heard strange noises coming from his father's bedroom. And it wasn't strange noises like, quack, 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 meow. <laughs> And when he walked inside, he found his dad standing in the middle of the room, his dick in one hand and the nail-studded paddle in the other. He was wild-eyed and panting, and with every blow, Fish cried out and jumped up into the air. Yeah, why would he walk into the room? He knows he's, in, he's not studying astronomy. You, you know for a fact, if you're hearing those kinds of sounds, when you open that door, you're not going to watch a chem... You're not going to see him, like, solving... <laughs> trying to cure cancer or make a new telephone. Yeah, I would have been surprised if he walked in and just him jumping rope. Just like, <laughs> just doing my cardio, son. <laughs> Doctor says I have to. Yeah, instead, it was, you know... Yeah. Keep the door shut. Why would he go in the door? Never go in the door. And yeah. at this point, no, the door was open. The door was oh, open. The door yes. was open. Oh, yes. that's yeah, yeah. The door was wide. That's I mean, unfit. it's three noises. It's the smack. It's the cry. And then, and then it's the jump. And then actually, it's four noises. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that's smack. underneath it. It's just like because either yeah, one. That, it's like that, that's the under. That's the baseline. Because it just sounds <laughs> like a bat got in the house and Albert Fish is trying to kill it with a broom. Yeah, yeah it's very uh, black sheep. <laughs> but um. But at this point, let's, you know, seriously, though, for a second, um, <laughs> at this point, you know that your father is weird. Yeah. He's an odd and, duck. Then, oh. and literally every second you leave him alone, he's doing something fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And even when he is not alone, even when you're outside playing football with your fucking friends, yeah. he goes out, which is also a very g cool way to do an audible. Yeah. If you want to, is have have a naked old man run down the field next to the football thing, and then the whole football team knows to change positions. I think oh, that's, that's an a, audible. Yeah, and it's <laughs> also totally an audible. Yeah, it's good a, job. 
it's a great way to distract a defense. You know, sometimes these lesser uh, collegiate schools will have somebody get on all fours and bark like a dog during a uh, during an inbound pass to distract the defense, and then they got an easy layup. Yeah. Your father's naked on top of a mountain, wiggling his cock all Telling over the place. Telling everybody, Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. Hey, defensive old, end, take a look at that. Next thing you know, you got yourself a touchdown. Absolutely. Um, disgusting. <laughs> but he's been living with him his whole life. Do you yeah. think he would have learned nothing at this point? Like, just like he's literally lived the life of total depravity in front of his children who have now taken it to be completely normal. Yeah. yeah. And the boys, I mean, of course, the boys got the real gruesome and disturbing stuff. The girls were somehow shielded from the absolute worst, I guess because they never actually uh, lived with him. Yeah. Uh, and the boys, I mean, Albert Jr., he didn't tell any Buddy, about this stuff. Like he, you- to- he told nobody about any of this stuff uh, that it was actually happening until Albert's trial, mm. in which he actually did talk about it as proof uh, to say that his father was insane and not legally culpable for his crimes. They did it to protect him, which is really interesting. That's yeah. how technically a good father he was, which I guess at this time period means he didn't beat them with the rod or sell them to an orphanage. <laughs> yeah, but he literally was a good enough father to his children somehow that they. Like we're like he's sick, and this is like, and we they call it something he suffered with. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And the daughters had nothing but nice things to say about him, even mm. after it was almost certainly proven that he, at the very least, had murdered Grace Bud, a ten-year-old girl. Uh, they were still standing right by him. They called the whole thing, you know, these weird things that they that they did that he did. They said it was something that he suffered with, as Harold Schechter says, like uh, other parents suffer from a bad heart. Or arthritis or something like that. They also called right. them his afflictions. Yeah. Um, which is very interesting. It's kind of like, you know, it's like in our house, it was normal. My mom literally said it was bad luck if you don't go for thirds at the dinner table. Healthy right? mother. Like, yeah. So, yeah, Jesus it, it Christ. Was, like, she said it was like bad luck. It was like a thing where she was like, she, she felt like personally insulted if you didn't eat to the point of oh. nausea. Which is why, of course, your dog ate itself to death. Well, it was just living in paradise. <laughs> According to your mother. I guess yeah, so. It, it couldn't bark because of fat around its neck. That's very sad. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting his kids didn't let this slip out. You know, when everyone has a like one thing their father does that you talk about publicly. Like, uh, I had a friend whose who's dad used to watch, watch Home Improvement and eat sardines constantly, and he would just, like, talk about it. Like, that's, you know, kind of uh, abnormal. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. I mean, why did these kids, like, in a conversation just be like, yeah, and you know when your dad, like, goes up to his room, spanks himself with a paddle full of nails and starts screaming? I mean, life is rough, right? What was that, Albert? <laughs> that's, what is your, your dad doesn't go no, upstairs? No, my, my dad does normal things, like molest me and my my sisters, <laughs> oh. and, and then and we go get locked underneath the sink. Normal things. Punishments. <laughs> Slightly less normal. <laughs> yeah, and this was absolutely something that they dealt with their entire lives, up until adulthood. In 1931, Gertrude, his oldest and his favorite, uh, was living in Brooklyn, just a few blocks from where I live now, over in Bed-Stuy. Oh. Yeah. And during a nice family dinner with her father and her children, this is a full family dinner here, Uh-oh. Fish started squirming around in his chair. Uh, 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 <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, and when Gertrude asked him if his rupture was bothering him, for he indeed did have a rupture, uh-huh. he said, Oh, no, no, no. You see, not so long ago, I put three more of those needles in me. He just said this at the dinner table? At the dinner table, and recalling the incident years later in a jailhouse letter to Gertrude, <laughs> Albert wrote, You remember the needles I suffered with when you were living at 529 Franklin Street? 
They took an x-ray of me in the hospital up there. I am full of them. <laughs> is that really what it that says? What it says? <laughs> I am full of them. I am full of them. So the doctor... So the you know doctor how was... when you go to the gas station and you, right. and you, and you, clip, you fill up the tank until it goes all the way to the F? Sure. I get a capital F from my doctor. <laughs> needles. Needles, needles, needles. Nothing but... I'm hungry for lunch, but I'm chock full of needles. So the doctor looked at the nurse and was like, what do we officially tell him? Well, I guess we tell him he's full of them. <laughs> you are clinically full of them. Full of them. You are no an inside-out Christmas tree, sir. <laughs> yeah, and these people put up with this type of thing for their entire lives. When Gertrude asked Fish why he was shoving these needles inside himself, he gave him his stock because Jesus told me, because of these feelings I got here, blah, 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 answer. But not surprisingly, none of his children ever pressed him on what those feelings actually were. It was, yeah. I, I get these feelings, I shove needles inside of me, and they go, good enough. I completely agree with his children. I would never inquire what feelings would have to compel my father to jam needles up his taint. I have a hard time just talking with my father about regular feelings. I, I can't even talk to my dad about football yet. Yeah, like it's like we're building up to just getting stories from back yeah. in the day. I can't imagine dealing with the deeply dark, no. um, labyrinthian sexual fetishes that your father has. Your father oh. is up in his bedroom inventing sexual fetishes. Whole new things. And you're just having a family. Yeah. I can... I can just now talk about if a food is oversalted with my dad. Yes. I was like, the ham is a little salty, right, Dad? It's like, criticism is good to help us all learn. It turns into a deep conversation <laughs> for it. some reason. I wish. I um Again, I want to reiterate the fact of how scary this is. Yeah. I know that oh, we yeah. come back to it's like it does seem a lot of pressure. Like, remember that this man is the boogeyman. He's going to be called the boogeyman three or four times, but he was somebody's kindly father as well, which I think <sighs> is the scariest factor of all. Do you want to say kindly? I'm not sure if he was a kindly father. He was very yeah, good to his yeah, daughters. He was great to his daughters. Right. Yeah, and even despite all the weird stuff, still good to his sons. I mean, he, they said that he was a, a hard worker. He never drank. Uh, he never hit him, which early 20th century standards, pretty good for a dad. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, he loved his kids. Or at least knew how to. He knew how to love his kids. Yeah. He knew how to put on the face of loving it, his kids. It yeah. almost makes all of it worse. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think what we're going to discover is like these are the seeds that are planted into somebody's life. When, when later on, when they're going to try and prove that he's insane to make sure he doesn't <clears> get the death <throat> penalty, they they I think these are the things that show that he is not totally insane. He is sick and he is depraved and yeah. he's probably closest to evil that you can get. Like like a Dahmer. Like Dahmer got evil, but mostly Dahmer's came out in one big fucking gushy explosion over a couple of years. This is forty years of this. Yeah. Building and molesting and doing all this shit. And so he knew what he was doing for a long time. He was definitely a psychopath. And these are this is what shows it. He knew he had to be a regular dad a little bit, but at the same time, some of the some of the curtains are going to show. Yeah, and this could also be a case of paraphrenia, which we talked about in our witches episode. And it's uh, a, a sickness in which someone's looks outwardly sane for all intents and purposes. Their actual outward personality is insane, but what's going on inside their head is you know just bats and fire. Oh, interesting. <laughs> cool. That's like, like when you really... look at us when you walk yeah, down the yeah, street. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome, man. Everything is just like a Black Sabbath cover. <laughs> kind of, but it's Bats. real. Oh, it's real? <laughs> That's you can't problem. get out of it? No, it's not metal and fun. That's the problem. Oh. At the end of it, none of it's metal and cool. It's just truly nightmare land. <laughs> the music never stops. 
My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet! Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing! No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. 
1929, Albert discovered what would become probably his fourth favorite hobby behind the piss and shit and self-flagellation. Fish began writing horrible, disgusting letters to women whose names he got from classified ads and matrimonial agencies. And in most of the letters, Fish presented himself as a successful Hollywood producer, saying he would offer his undying affection as well as large sums of money in exchange for the performance of services for both himself and a fictitious son named Bobby. Good fake mm. son name. Good fake son name. Because yeah. if he had said something like grape soda, <laughs> oh. no, it's a fake son. Yeah. yeah, and according to Fish, who usually used the pseudonym Robert Fisk, Bobby had been crippled at the age of nine by an attack of infantile paralysis. But despite being bedridden, Bobby was still a very bad boy who needed frequent spankings, specifically with a cat o' nine tails. And if you aren't familiar, a cat o' nine tails is essentially nine whips in one. Ooh, so you get a lot of bang for your buck. A lot of bang for your buck. You're saving money. You're saving spankings. (laughs) Yeah, it is designed specifically to not only cause severe pain, but to also lacerate the skin. The cat, as it's called, was also the punishment of choice for Britain's Royal Army and Navy for many a year. The Brits are so sexually bizarre. They're all very, (laughs) and they have no chins, and they've got weeks. The British men have been watching Great British Bake Off, and these men are gross looking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, But they can bake, can't they? Yeah, (laughs) so they can. Many fine desserts. You wonder Um, if he thought, uh, if Albert Fish got extremely aroused with the Stations of the Cross... Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, everything. It's quite, uh, quite uh, erotic for a man of it, his uh, of his ilk. Everything. He was sexually obsessed with the Y. He loved oh, going yeah. to YMCA. Every single thing, which is the least sexy place in the world. Oh yeah, no, that's there's true. upwards of 200 naked boys and men. <laughs> and Barbara Streisand in Yentl. Yes, and Barbara Streisand in Yentl. Now, what you're also going to find too is that Albert Fish is sort of like the original troll because it's basically you have all these kind of people just out there, literally putting their name out there for for help, yeah. and he would use that information in order to torture them. And he loved the feeling of knowing that somebody else was reading the thing and getting offended or upset. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he loved it. And this is what he wrote about uh, his son, Bobby, being a naughty boy. This is what he uh, assured the recipient of the letter, said that he is a naughty boy, but he does not wet or muss his clothes or the bed. He will tell you when he has to use the toilet, number one, or number two. For number one, his pants must be unbuttoned at the crotch and his monkey taken out. (sighs) His pants and drawers are all made up with a drop, see? All you have to do is lose three buttons in the back, and down they come. All right, well, that's disgusting. <laughs> I vomited a little bit in my mouth, and I never want to hear that again. But you, what is interesting is that he'd use this letter as a bait letter. Mm-hmm. So he would send that's this letter That's the bait out. letter? That's the bait letter. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, he would say that the doctors gave him a prescription saying he needed to be beaten, and he needed to be cat-nine-tailed and d- d- every day. He had to do this every day, and he would do this and often not get a response. He just liked it. So up to this point, what he would say is in resp- say that if, in return for these duties, I will give you upwards of $35,000 in a follow-up letter if they say something in return. Yeah. One woman escalated this for a long time, and they had a back and forth together. I yeah. cannot find her name. It is in the book Deranged by Harold Schechter, um, and it is 
a, but it's true, and it builds to something else entirely. Yeah. This is the yeah. first level of the trolling. Now we're going to see where it goes to the second level. What level what you get with level two? And, I can't wait for level two. I mean, this is early 20th century catfishing. It is so bizarre to me that that's a bait letter. It reminds me of the bait cars that cops use, but if they use like a Yugo, and they're like, <laughs> yes. someone's going to come and steal this beautiful Yugo, they usually put out a relatively nice car that might theoretically be stolen by somebody. The fact that this got any response whatsoever kind of proves the person that responded to it is a little cuckoo bananas too, well, right? Not necessarily cuckoo bananas, most of the time desperate. Like horribly yeah. desperate. This is the depression. This is the Great Depression. There are yeah. there are people out there that are desperate for anything, uh, and that's what he takes advantage of. It's just desperate people. It's also oh. sort of like instead of using a bait car altogether, he they just use a shit covered boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and that last letter, gross, right, Ben? Super gross, disgusting. Yes, yeah. extremely gross. Yeah, super you didn't gross. think it was funny and yeah. cool? Yeah, 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 I didn't think. I thought it was mostly like uh, this is a good thing that I'll read after I ate a bunch of Thanksgiving dinner. And need to purge. Yeah, mm. did you so you didn't like him calling the boy's penis his monkey. No, mm. quite frankly, it was one of the more disturbing image, images I ever had because I actually pictured a monkey and then <laughs> what, what would that what would that be like, you Attached know? Attached to a crying little boy. Yeah, it's just not good. <laughs> now, uh, you know, if you have problems with that, you're going to have a lot more problems with everything else we're going to read in this episode. Oh, I'm already having visions of Toy Box Killer. Oh. I can't deal with it. Well, this is what he would direct towards the women. This is what he was building up to. I wish you could see me now. I'm sitting in a chair naked. When you strip me naked, you will see a most perfect form. Yours, your sweet honey of my heart, I can taste your sweet piss. Your sweet shit. You must pee-pee in a glass, and I shall drink every drop of it as you watch me. Tell me when you want to do number two. I will take you over my knees... Pull up your clothes, take down your drawers, and hold my mouth to your sweet honey fat ass, and eat your sweet peanut butter as it comes out fresh and hot. That's how they do it in Hollywood. <laughs> that is true. He's ended it with that's how they do it in Hollywood. That is what he ended it with. And guess and what? You know what? He's right. It is how they do it in Hollywood. I, I know for a fact. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know what? When wow. I first re reading that letter, I remember specifically. Hmm. Because I got a breakfast burrito, and I was reading through Deranged, and as that letter came up, I had ordered, and this is true, extra avocado in the burrito. And so as I read it, I took a big bite of just... Oh, don't even. Don't do it. Gloosh. You just oh had a mouthful God. of gloosh. A mouthful of just smushy nish, which is what he's about to call it. And so he would talk about this, and what they don't, we don't put in this letter is that also a thing that Albert Fish had was a predilection for painting his ass different colors and shaving himself entirely. And so when this woman finally showed up to meet him, she actually, they, they got together and met. When she met him, she was like, well, he's obviously not a Hollywood producer because he's a shabby old man. She removed his clothes and spanked him, right, because he said, he still, I'm going to maybe give you, I'm going to give you this money. He was completely shaven, and his ass was painted red. He also will sometimes paint his ass gold. <laughs> I don't mind that. I think that's actually kind of normal. I think that's fine. I guess, his butt. I guess it's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just I think like, it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with Albert Fish, it's 
When you take these things like one or two at a time, it's not that bad. Like that. No, it is the culmination, right? That letter, it's like, you know, you must pee pee in a glass and I shall drink every drop of it as you watch me. Sure. You know, people write that type of stuff to each other on the internet every single day. Every single minute of the day. Every single minute. Literally every single. There's some. There are 30 people right now writing that exact same thing to another person who loves it. I think there are nine people listening to this podcast right now (laughs) actively drinking a glass full of people. I I mean, I think that's a one. Wonderful thing. If that's what you're into, get after it. Of the, course. The dookie thing becomes a little bit more extreme. It's a little more extreme, um, yeah. There's got a, there's, I'm the, sure uh, there are a few listeners out there that love the dookie, and that's totally fine. But oh. Albert Fish, when you take it all together. As a career, like Derek Jeter, not on a day-to-day, he wasn't that great. But if you look at the whole thing. The whole thing, thing yeah, yeah, totally. Really yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So Fish was eventually caught writing these absolutely horrific letters in a moment of hubris when he decided to take his chances with a woman he thought might be into the sweet peanut butter scenario and included his return address with said letters. You she- like buckshots? Buckshots? You know those little Christmas cookies that are peanut butter with chocolate in them? That's what this makes me think of. I, and it's called, now permanently ruined them. I never heard them called a buckshot. Yeah, I never heard them called buckshot either. What do you call them? The th- thumbprint cookies. Ugh. I call them rabbit turd cookies. <laughs> yeah. So Fish was immediately arrested and interviewed by a court social worker who described Fish's behavior as, quote, questionable. And upon the social worker's recommendation, Fish was promptly committed to Bellevue. And a psychiatrist, oh. trying to get to the root of this odd old man's habits, asked Fish where he got the idea to write these letters. And Fish said it all started when he was working as a painter at a sanitarium up in Harlem. It's story time with Albert Fish. Ooh, exciting. So one night... A chauffeur who had found a pile of dirty letters in a sanitarium garbage can. How romantic. <laughs> pile of dirty letters. Oh, a, right. Yes, a sanitarium oh, sanitarium dirty letters. So crazy person dirty letters. What would that sound like? Razzmatazz. Oh, you know, your breasts got spirals in them. Hypnotize. Hypnotize. I can't stop reading. <laughs> so he read these letters aloud to a group of men in a weird early 20th century version of a stag party. This is kind of like, you know, when John Wayne Casey, we get all the boys together and they'd watch porno movies in his uh, garage. This, except this was a bunch of dudes in the Depression. In an alley of a sanitarium (laughs) reading dirty letters that were found in a garbage can. It's just like Sesame Street if Sesame Street was in shit-covered hell. Yes. That sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah, and Fish said that after hearing the letters, he thought it would be a hoot to write a few of them himself. And when the psychiatrist asked him why he eventually came to feel as if he had to write these letters, Fish said, It was just sort of a habit. Just kind of a cool, fun, crazy thing I did. I've also been folding a thousand cranes. Oh, yeah. Because I've heard if you do that, you get one wish. And you know what my wish is? What's that? Someone to shit on my face. (laughs) Sounds like you've already got your wish then. Yep. I'm living the dream. You can stop with the origami whenever you want. So throughout this interview, the psychiatrist noted that Fish seemed to be quiet, downtrodden, even boring, until the psychiatrist asked Fish about his faith, to which Fish proclaimed himself to be a devoted Episcopalian. But when the doctor asked him if his habit of writing dirty letters clashed with his Christian beliefs, Fish said, There is no comparison. And they didn't get another word out of him, but still declared him, quote-unquote, 
not insane mm. and let him go. I wonder how big that stamp is. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> insane. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I couldn't stop it. Episcopalian. If you think about that. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Wow, you know what? Our I, listeners were wow. thinking it, so I just said it so wow. they could feel validation wow. for their thoughts. Wow. 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 <laughs> nice. Um, he's the disgusting monster. <laughs> he was. But less than a year later, Fish was arrested and placed back into Bellevue for sending obscene letters to the proprietor of a local boarding school. And this time, police actually searched Fish's apartment. They, of course, found many, many more letters, but the letters paled in comparison to what they found in the dresser drawer. They found a cat of nine tails, which was to be expected. That's, his, that's in his bit. That's in his, his case. That's his yep. shit. That's fine. And when police asked what he did with it, Fish said, I whipped myself with it, although I don't suppose that's anybody's goddamn business but my own. I'm going to say good point, Fish. Absolutely, point, Fish. <laughs> point yep. fish. Well, I'd say the only point he gets. None of your goddamn business <laughs> yes. what I do with my cat of nine tails. Yeah. Yeah. But much more disturbing was the food they found in the drawer. Uh-oh. Mm. Buried underneath his clothes was a decaying hot dog wiener <laughs> and a carrot. Hmm. And for some hmm. reason, one of the cops hmm. actually picked up the hot dog oh with his thumb and forefinger. Or see something under this bed. Let me just lick my fingers first. Make sure I make sure they're good and clean. All right, let me pick it up. I'm gonna put this in evidence bag. And you know what? I make sure again. Is that um, when you pick something up from a crime scene, you just can make sure your fingers are good and clean. So you just go. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. That's weird. Weird yeah. taste. It's got a tang, kind of a tangy taste. <laughs> the cop held it at arm's length and asked Fish what he did with both the wiener and the carrot. You serve guy, you leaving this out for some kind of salad or something? Because it's got a hot dog, carrot, salad just seems like Strange. it sounds peculiar, but I bet, I bet if you mix it up with some spice in there, you get some, you make some lightness with some, some acidity or you put some lime juice mm. on there and stuff. So that, that would actually be great. So, so what are you doing with these? Yeah, to which Fish replied, I stick them up my ass. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very good. I'm just going to drop, I'm going to put it back down. I feel bad about licking my fingers now, but. He literally just said, <laughs> I, I stick them up my ass. But again, not illegal. Leave him alone. Oh, the carrot. I mean, at this point, so far, the cops have nothing on the guy. I mean, can you imagine how loose his butthole has to be for him to put a hot dog up in there and then bring it back out again? The ass. Oh, not that loose. I mean, it, I mean, he doesn't have like all the fancy lubes that we're accustomed to to slip things in and out of a butthole. No, the butthole the, is that it, it is a I tight, mean, tight thing. And the hot ask, dog wieners are very soft. Do we know if the hot dog was cooked? No, of course not. No, okay. it, was a, it was a it was, it was a, a raw dog. It was, a, it was just a raw dog wiener. He was that, raw dogging that, himself. Is that where the term comes from? <laughs> oh, oh. But he had old tiny lubes, were just like they don't make them like they used to. Now that was just literally axle grease. Yeah, <laughs> he was go ew ew ew, stick him stick him right out. We can also maybe call him a punyada. <laughs> punyada. Uh, yeah. Wow. All right. So he's got a he got a carrot. A hot dog and a cat tail night. I got a little whip there. <laughs> All right. And after this incident, he was held for 10 days where neither the whip nor the food up his ass were discussed. No reason to. No I would reason never mention to. It. And Fish was once again released by a doctor who described him as, quote, quiet, cooperative, and oriented. Oh. Now, Fish didn't just anonymously send letters to unsuspecting single women and widows. Sometimes he'd even deliver the letters himself with a recipient knowing full well where the filth was coming from. In 1929, Fish was sharing a room with a couple of his sons in a boarding house 
here in New York City. New York! Beautiful. I heard if you make it there, you can shove a bunch of carrots up your butthole Anytime anywhere. Anytime you want. Anywhere yeah. you you wish. <laughs> the proprietor of this boarding house was, was a one Mrs. Carlson. Carlson said, like many other people who had direct personal contact with Fish, that he seemed like a harmless middle-aged man. That was the thing about Fish, is that if people just sort of saw him off in the distance, he was creepy. He was terrible. He was the gray man. But mm-hmm. if you, and if you, of course, if you got to know him, you knew that he was all sorts of fucked up. But just in general, everyday uh, pleasantries, he was all right. Sure. See, the way he was also described, though, was stooped shabby. Like, that was the thing you always yeah. hear a lot. It's that he just seems, it's more like there's pity involved. You look at a man that he's kind of got a, a five o'clock shadow all the time, a big hangdog mustache. He was wore shitty clothes, and he had a habit of clenching and unclenching his hands nervously everywhere he went. You imagine he was literally also moist to the touch. I imagine Ugh. most people just assumed, oh, this is a poor little, like, bad creature. He's just, like, he's sure. a poor, unfortunate soul yeah. that kind of walks the earth, shuffling around. And so we're just going to kind of not deal with it and don't realize yeah. that now those are all the telltale signs of somebody who is a molestardo. <laughs> That's why I don't have sympathy for anybody anymore. This show has ruined me. I see an elderly person on the subway. Everyone says, oh my god, the stories they must tell. They're full of hot dogs. <laughs> full of them. That's why they smell that way. Yeah, they're little street meat stands oh, walking my everywhere. goodness. Yeah, and speaking of uh, molestar, uh, he was very interested in taking this woman's uh, little boys out for afternoons at the movies. Mm. So. Never did. Never left her children alone with fish, so we know that. But three months later, she started getting letters from Albert. And after the third letter, which was apparently so terrible that Mrs. Carlson couldn't even bring herself to speak a word of it, she kicked the entire fish clan out of her house, never to be seen again. But fish left something behind. Uh-oh. When Carlson went up to inspect the room upon the Fish family's departure, she found in the middle of the floor what she could only refer to as, quote, a little mess. <laughs> what we're about to read here is the actual, real, 100% true back and forth between Mrs. Carlson and the prosecuting attorney during Albert Fish's trial. Mrs. Carlson, what do you mean by a little mess? I don't like to say just what it was. He made just some sort of dirt, and he left it behind the door. Can you say what kind of dirt it was? Do I I have to? uh, What kind of dirt was it, Mrs. Carlson? Human dirt. Number two. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Number a two, a lawyer two is said in, in the so trial. often in the trial. <laughs> yes, it's literally like a playground trial. Albert Fish must have been so hard during his own trial, listening to everyone yes. saying pee pee and poo poo around him, <laughs> like everybody's nine. Right. If you could ask your defendant to stop touching himself, please, during the trial. He would make, also, they would say Albert Fish during the trial would just make hopeless shrugs. <laughs> he would just go, oh, oh. Could have been Like that, that emoji, yeah, that yeah, weird yeah. little thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life how much i need whipped egg whites and oil 
crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly. You know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right. I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right. My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. And, oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And fast-growing trees 
has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. (laughs) But despite the shitting on the floor... Despite the dirty letters and despite the self-mutilation, Fish held on tight to his own twisted version of Christianity. Now, this is a problem with with, with these religious uh, iconography and, and images that we're going to get. Because he was obsessed with the a story of Abraham and Isaac. Yeah, right? yeah. In which uh, Abraham was ordered by God yep. to sacrifice Isaac, his only son, just to see if he would do it. And Abraham, acting on God's authority... See, this sounds a little fucking familiar. Bound his little boy to a piece of wood and was about to stab him to death when an angel came down from up on high and essentially said, whoa, 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 never mind. God's just fucking with you. You passed, dude. You did it, bro. Good work, bro. Good good work, bro. Now, just do whatever. Hang 10, dude. (laughs) So I'm just going to kill, I'm going to kill this kid, though. It's like, dude, you got it. Whatever. Um, But that's it. But the problem with it is that it's sort of like what, what, happens especially in the Christian religion. I mean, I guess any religion, any devout religion. They're all crazy. That it's kind of like in heavy metal when you some people used to believe that Iron Maiden was really evil. Mm-hmm. And then you like listen to the lyrics and it's like them talking about the devil and stuff like that, but mostly just in a rock and roll way. It's about being fun and awesome. But Dungeons and Dragons half the stuff. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's dragons and demons and shit. It's fun. Albert Fish took the stuff in the Bible, like Abraham and Isaac. That's supposed to be kind of like a funny story, I guess. <laughs> it is. Was well, supposed it to is. be fake. It's obviously fake. It doesn't happen. He took it like it was really, really real, and he built his own twisted mythology around it within his own head. People yeah. still do. Yeah, and he took it to heart in 1924 with the murder of an eight-year-old boy named Francis McDonald. See, Fish believed that if sacrificing a child was wrong. God would send an angel at the last second to stop him. And unfortunately, no such help came for Francis McDonald, who was strangled to death with his own suspenders. And Mm. Fish was preparing to dismember the boy on the spot when he thought he heard someone approaching and fled. For some reason, I uh, pictured the angel as Bjork wearing her swan suit. <laughs> really? I think she would be a good angel if I had to have an angel in my life. If you had to have an angel come and tell you to stop murdering the boy? Or, no, or don't eating too murder, much <laughs> never murder, only jump. Did you just jump? It just sounds Jamaican. No, that sounds like Bjork. No, no. Yeah, if you're dirty Bjork, you have to sound like this. Bjork, I, I am Bjork. Never kill. Jump. <laughs> Only jump. Well, that's good. That's my angel. I like Bjork. Thank you. <laughs> See, Fish would not only use the story of Abraham and Isaac to justify his crimes, but he would use other Bible verses as well, taking them out of context and twisting them to his own needs. See, Fish's Episcopalian belief, I think, is very important here. 
because from what I can tell from the Episcopalian website. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> Ask yeah. Jeeves. As, when I ask Jeeves what Episcopalians do. Yeah. It seems as if Episcopalianism is an interpretive sect of Christianity. They even have their own addendum to the Bible that they call the Book of Common Prayer. So it's like make em ups. Yeah. yeah. It's even, up. it's all made up. Yeah, it's all made up, but, you know, some uh, of them adhere stricter, more strictly to the Bible than others. And it seems like the Episcopalianism uh, is one that gets a little bit more interpretive with it. So it's possible that this sect played into fishes, fish playing fast and loose with wow. the verses. For example, one of his favorites, Psalms chapter 137, verse 9 says... Happy is the one who seizes your infant and dashes them against rocks. It's a tough favorite. So, yeah, <laughs> happy is the person who grabs your infant by their ankles and slams their brain into a rock. See, taken out of context, it seems like the Bible is sending messages specifically to Fish telling him it was totally okay to kill children. Yeah, it's basically just like be Babe Ruth, but instead of a baseball bat, use a baby. But when taken in context... It's really just some Jewish dude who's super upset at Babylon and is just blowing off some steam. I don't so get it. So he's thinking something's supposed to be sarcastic. Essentially, it's yeah. sarcastic. It's essentially- is the, Bi- the Bible's tongue-in-cheek? Not oh, in that dude, little yeah. mo- in that one section. That's yes. funny. Yeah, where do you think the Jews got it from? Their sense of humor? Yeah. I thought they got it from their years of being the butt of everybody's cruelty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a whole lot of places they got it from. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what it was. It was just, you know, and a lot of things in the Bible can be taken completely out of context and sure, twisted. For, and people can do it on both sides. Yeah, yeah. You know, they absolutely can. But the murder of Francis O'Donnell would be nothing compared to his next murder. Mm-mm. Fish claimed in a handwritten confession to the abduction and killing of a four-year-old boy named Billy Gaffney. And his parents called him Candy Boy. I actually don't think that's a bad nickname. My parents called me Lover of Bread, Ben. <laughs> what? Yeah. They just knew then, oh, just give him a baguette. He'll never not be smiling. I love bread. Uh, you love bread? Was that like a weird like German translation? Yes. Okay, so it was like a German, so it was like, you know, Luftwaffe. Luftwaffe of the Something like that. Um, but also, so this is a really sad story because the parents left Billy alone. They, they, they came from a poor family living in a tenement house, mm. and Billy was playing with his best friend. And when they went, he went missing, they, they searched everywhere for him. It tore up this family's life, of course, as it always does. And then they asked the little boy, like, what happened? What was the last thing that you saw? When's the last time you saw Billy? And she was like, the boogeyman took him. And hence the nickname. Yeah. And I want to clarify for the listeners. I mean, you know, obviously we make uh, fun of everything on this show, specifically the monsters. We try not to make fun of the victims. And so if it ever comes uh, comes across that way, that's never the intention. These are very sad situations. And this boy uh, did not deserve, obviously, the horrific end to his life. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's very sad. And uh, he could have grown up to be a train conductor. <laughs> Who the hell knows? But either way, it's, it's, Just it's, it's why that job? A train conductor in the 1940s, 50s, it's when this a, man would have the it, job would be very good. It's an extremely respectable job. It was certainly that. It's a f- it's not a fine anymore. job. It's not anymore. It's, it's a respectable. A it's a respectable job. Oh, Next you're good. Donna G train is no, also you're thinking the MTA train, <laughs> which is also a very respectable job. Yeah, being an MTA, yeah, very respectable. Right. Uh, so we have that written confession, and if this is true, then the murder of Grace Bud was almost a mercy in comparison. 
Now, we haven't done this in a long, long time. Not since our uh, very first, I think our very first 911 episode. Mm. If you make it to the end of this, you get an official last podcast on the left gold star. And that gets you no money and it yep. gets you no like points off your license nope. and it does nothing. But what it does mean is guarantees you have a personal problem. <laughs> yes, and technically we don't even have gold stars. We don't. I mean, there's nothing. It's like the Marvel no prize. There's nothing tangible here. You just have it in your own brain. I'm going to put it this way. So remember again, Albert Fish, everything that we know about him comes from the testimony of his children and his confessions and from the letters we got. We don't know what's real or what's fake. What we do know is that his kids saw a lot of weird shit and their testimony in order to prove that their father was insane is gives us the basis for the fact that he lived a life of total depravity now this letter is pretty rough but who knows if it's all true it could be sort of like fan fiction of his own life a little bit yeah or what he wish he did yeah a lot of times they do exaggerate the worst parts of human behavior as a point of pride so we don't know yeah, yeah or they have the harry potter fuck the other boys <laughs> that that would be fan fiction um and so this that's, is, uh, that's slash fic that's, that's slash fic. fic oh I so this is that it's his version of slash fic maybe or it's real i don't know you decide there is a public dumping ground in riker avenue astoria all kinds of junk has been thrown there for years i brought him to the riker avenue dumps there's a house that stands alone not far from where i took him i took the boy there stripped him naked and tied his hands and feet and gagged him with a piece of dirty rag I picked up out of the dump. Then I burned his clothes, threw his shoes in the dump. Then I walked back and took the trolley to 59th Street at 2 a.m. and walked from there home. Next day, about 2 p.m., I took tools, a good heavy cat of nine tails, homemade, short handle, cut one of my belts in half, slit these halves in six strips about eight inches long. I whipped his bear behind till the blood ran from his legs. I cut off his ears, nose, slit his mouth from ear to ear, gouged out his eyes. He was dead then. I stuck the knife in his belly and held my mouth to his body and drank his blood. I picked up four old potato sacks and gathered a pile of stones. Then I cut him up. I had a grip with me. I put his nose, ears, and a few slices of his belly in the grip. Then I cut him through the middle of his body, just below the belly button. Then through his legs about two inches below his behind, I put this in my grip with a lot of paper. I cut off the head, feet, arms, hands, and the legs below the knee. This I put in sacks weighed with stones tied to the ends and threw them into pools of slimy water you will see all along the road going to North Beach. I came home with my meat. I had the front of his body I liked best, his monkey and peewees and a nice little fat behind to roast in the oven and eat. I made a stew out of his ears, nose, pieces of his face and belly. I put onions, carrots, turnips, celery, salt and pepper. It was good. Then I split the cheeks of his behind open, cut off his monkey and peewees, and washed them first. I put strips of bacon on each cheek of his behind, and I put them in the oven. Then I picked four onions, and when the meat had roasted about fourth of an hour, I poured about a pint of water over it for gravy and put in the onions. 
At frequent intervals, I basted his behind with a wooden spoon. So the meat would be nice and juicy. In about two hours, it was nice and brown, cooked through. I never ate any roast turkey that tasted half as good as his sweet, fat little behind did. I ate every bit of the meat in about four days. His little monkey was as sweet as a nut, but his peewees I could not chew. And we'll be back next week. Good Food Network show from hell. Good God. That's what I like kind of, that's what's like fucked up, but to Ugh. know that he would present it like it's a fun, cute cooking show. Yeah, it was a recipe for him. Oh, yeah. my God. No, he, right. he did. It, it was so matter Ugh. of fact, just a recipe, just like show. He was, he actually. He was twisting. Yeah. He was twisting it. He twisted Ugh. it. He was presenting it. He was yeah. literally, I had a recipe. I had an idea for cooking this boy, and I saw through it very detailed because this is exactly how I wanted it to come well, out. Um, all right. Wow, that's Albert Fish Part Two. Congratulations for um, making it through, everyone. We're trying to have a, 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 we're trying to be as light as possible with this very heavy subject matter, and, and hopefully, you're getting a lot of information you didn't previously have. What are you yeah. talking about? This is cute. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is like a cute show. It's fun and cute. It's about a cute old man. Yeah. Yeah, so like that. If you to- take, if you completely reverse what the show is, I would say that this show, this whole episode shows that old dogs can learn new tricks. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's right. And it's like the like Tim, Tim Allen, Allen movie. movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not talking about a John Travolta Tim <laughs> Allen movie right now. Um, all right. So thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank uh, Brianna Parrish. Uh, you can find her BriannaParish.com for sending us the last of a series of three. And the cutest serial killers that I've ever seen in my life. She just sent us uh, her uh, a little Ed Gein, and he's got a halo of nipples, and he's got a little he's got a little tattoo that says "Mom." And she also sent us a beautiful like little Richard Ramirez who has really bad breath, and of course a cute little Gacy. Yeah, you can find her work at BriannaParish.com. Thank you so much, Brianna, for sending us uh, all that cool shit. You are absolutely uh, amazing, and among my favorite artists out there. So yeah, thank you. And Marcus is wearing a shirt we just got today from Fright Day. Yeah. So check that out. I mean, I don't know. I, I have no idea. If maybe, they, they, maybe they're terrible. I don't know. God knows. Yeah. I'm hoping you don't go there and it's just a bunch of being like, we slam as many holes as you can fill. And you're like, what? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, but either way, it's a cool shirt. Yeah, so it's super cool shirt. Yeah, yeah, Thank you, guys. Um, yeah, and thank you guys so much for giving to the Patreon. That's uh, been a life changer. Yeah, patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. If you guys want to uh, contribute to not just last podcast on the left, but to Cave Comedy Radio uh, at large, because, you know, of course, we know a lot of people out there listen to uh, all of our shows. Thank Thank you so much uh, for listening to every show me and Ben do. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, Roundtable of Gentlemen, mm-hmm. the stuff that I do with Jackie Zabrowski, Sex and the Human Activities and Page 7, uh, and my own little music show, The Lucky Bone Show, that you can find at Mixcloud.com slash Marcus Parks. Yes, very nice. And you can find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks and Instagram at Marcus Parks. On Instagram, I'm Ben Kissel one And on Twitter, I'm Ben Kissel. I'm almost at 10,000. I'm going to get there. And when I get there, my ego's going to go, who are you people? You're going to start doing that? <laughs> yeah, who are you? We already have. Well, my name is Henry Zabrowski. Mm. You can find me on Twitter at Henry Loves You at, at Dr. Fantasty. And I do amazing levels of content everywhere we go. And my brand is increasing yeah. in popularity and well, societal thing. And I will escape from free speech jail. <laughs> you are still in jail, my friend. Ding, 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 ding. There's a man in here and he says he wants to take me to the shower room. And I said, no, sir, this nope. is free speech jail. You've got to go with him. <laughs> I'm a published author, by the way. So I'm, now I'm going to say start saying things like, I've never. <laughs> You're a published author? Yeah, Heat Street published my work. 
Ooh. All about third parties. Mm. Check it out. It's a great article. Yeah. Did you I'll, read it? I haven't read it. I haven't been, I've been off the internet for two days. It went Ben Kissel viral. Which means? 15 people. 35,000. 35,000. No, I don't know. I don't know. It was very good, though. It was a very successful article. Uh, so I'll be reading more of those. So I'm an author. So now again. Well, I've never. <laughs> That's also, what they say. I actually just, I'm going to post it somewhere. Uh, it, I've been reading this really interesting uh, academic article that's like talking about like the philosophy behind whether or not we live in a hologram or some sort of simulation. I got to tell you, it's complicated. Post and, it up. And I got to say, let's change the simulation up like a little bit. I want to be shorter. I want more cash. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would actually really help. And so you guys are, sh- and with the Patreon, you guys are changing our reality with that. Yeah. So thank you. We're changing everybody's reality. Uh, I'm going to say hail yourselves. And do we want to plug the, uh, what do we got? Baltimore coming up. Baltimore on August 19th. Uh, actually, it's n- a week from Friday. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Can't August 19th. Back. Coming, back to, uh, coming back to Baltimore. Uh, go bigautobar.com uh, or Bad Auto or something like that. Just Google. 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 You'll get it. Google. It. You'll figure it out. You're, also, you're smart people. Um, I believe I can officially say this, but I'm not sure the time of yet. We're, it's supposed to come through, we're going to be giving a stream, uh, live stream show for adultswim.com, yeah. uh, which will be starting next Friday, hopefully, and we will d- definitely confirm that with a time. We'll announce it on the Facebook page, but I'm very excited. I said we say it out, we say it out loud and make it a reality. Yeah. Exactly, because then it becomes a reality, That's legally right. or not. That's correct. <laughs> hail Satan, everyone. Hail yourselves. And hail gain. And let's leave the kids alone for a second. For like a whole lifetime. You know what? Instead of molesting the kids, you know what you do? You tap them on the shoulder and you say, hey, little bud, make gustillation. You can be president. You can be president. (laughs) Man, my bottom is really uncomfortable. I don't know what it is. Yeah? It's like a thing. I got like something going on my bottom. Yeah, is it your rupture? It's all those needles that stuck <laughs> oh, in there. Oh, it's the needles. <laughs> that yeah. explains it. Yeah, it's time for more shout-outs, everybody. Yeah, remember, I know all a lot right. of people said last week oh, I didn't hear my name. That's because we have a lot of names to go through. So be sure to tune back yep. uh, every week to see if uh, this is your week to be shouted out. It's like our version of the Vietnam War Memorial. <laughs> yeah, you're coming into the draft as well. We're drafting you into the big leagues here of the last podcast on the left. Um, it reminds me also when I was in the tombs for 24 hours how exciting it was to hear my name because then you get to get out. Because it's like you're a celebrity for a second, but you're in jail. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, the first name that I have here on my magical list, it belongs to a fellow named Russell Metalozo. Mm. Isn't that a fun name? Andrew Pomaville and Pomeranians are my favorite animal, so that's a whole village full of them. Pomaville. Zernabog. 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 He sounds like a cyborg. I love him. <laughs> this person, his name is UKHC. So I don't know how to say that. <laughs> British Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Oh, there it is. Uh, Kelly Carpenter, Candace Whitaker, Mark Olay, Nick Lazelle, Sasha Sparks. Sounds fancy. Mm. Sexy. Yeah. Joe Bollinger and Brent B. Thank you guys so much. C-Bone Jones, 420, dude. Thank you, bro. Fucking smoke that leaf, you piece of shit. Nice guy. He is nice. (laughs) Jacob, boring. No, good guy. Jake rides again. What happened the first time, Jake? What did you you do the first time? What did you fuck up? Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're back. Bobby Johns. Trevor Hein, which is short for Heine. Charlotte Collins. Hi, my name is Charlotte Collins. That is not a fake name. I am a woman. Rob (laughs) Rob K. Rylecamp at Yahoo.com. Is that your name? Do you sell your name to (laughs) Yahoo.com? I would. (laughs) Nikki Lee. Hmm. Emil H. 
and Megan Rounds. I would sell my name to Hotmail, but spell it M A L E. Megan Rounds is also Rounds is also a term that I also imagine that Albert Fish would use instead of Pee Wee's. <laughs> I got uh, Coleman Brown, uh, Sean Earl Beard, Heather Shane, hmm. Riley Cisco, Keith Cassidy, mm-hmm. Michelle Ni. Leslie Afaro, Alfaro, Alfaro, yeah. Leslie Afaro. I know Alfaro. Leslie Alfaro. Yeah, yeah she's great. been around. She came to the Chicago show. She's lovely, great. wonderful yeah. human. Great yeah. Small. Small, very small. That's good. God made us in all different sizes. Uh, and speaking of people who have come to the show, China White, one of the Go Go oh, Ghost yes. Girls yeah. out of Pittsburgh. Queens of Zen C- MC17, I believe, is their podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, follow them on Facebook. They are always coming up with hilarious videos. Yeah, they are. There's Sarah Young, Naya Henderson, Jared Counts, and Bedlam. Ooh. Simply Bedlam. Is he Bedlam. one of those amateur superheroes? Like they had that guy in Tucson? <laughs> yeah. The Phoenix, I think it was called? I like Bedham more. I eat ham in bed. Disgusting. <laughs> All right. My list continues. There's a fella. His name is Prue. P-R-U-E. So thank you, Prue. Kimberly Pulaski. Um, she's an N away from being a director. Mm. Um, Kate. Okay. Kimmy. Ooh, this is a fun one. Amanda Hogg. <laughs> it is God, nice. That's a nice name. Tamara Sellers, Lucy James, Ian Graff, Tanner Elberty, and Franklin Smith. Franklin so thank you, Smith. Thank you guys very, very much. Jason Widell, Tom Connolly. Thank you. Irishman. Tina Broccoli. Ooh, broccoli? <laughs> Tina Broccoli. Tiny little feet on that Tina that's Broccoli. Of Amanda Ham, or Amanda Hogg. And Broccoli got together. Mm. We almost have a dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Mikel Falk. Shane Smith, who sounds like a wide receiver. Yeah, isn't that the dude who owns Vice? Shane Smith, yeah. All right. So the owner for Vice is Yeah, uh, that's a big board. number. But, I mean, write get... a fucking article about us. Yeah, maybe. That would be nice. Justin. Andrew Boyer. Mike Freeman. Derek Spencer. And Matthew Elders. Mm. Thank you. And hail Satan. Thank you. Hail yourselves. I got a guy named Phil Kanaki. Kanaki. Phil Kanaki. I love this guy, Phil Kanaki. Uh, and then we got a fellow named Slew. It might be a girl. S-L-E-W. Slew. Slew. So Slew. He's, a, he's a bass player. Sabrina Stenson. Mary Parker. Scott Murray. James T. Lucia. Stephanie May. Sean Comstock. Hilland <laughs> 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 Hall. And Spencer. Caroline Botker. Thank you. Chris Scales, you fishy bastard. Byron Dunlop, Willie Freischel, Luke Morse, Jared Call, Griffin Meckelberg, Claire Irby, Olivia Beasley, Jarrett Luce. I like Olivia Beasley. She sounds like she's a detective, and she's going to find out who graffitied the school. (laughs) (laughs) And it turned out it's Albert Fish. Oh, my God. God. And he has been up to much worse than just graffitiing the school. It's brown. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We got three more names here. Laura McGinnis, Katie Went, and Adam Barrett. From the bottom of our wonderful hearts, I got thank one. you. I oh, got you have more. more. I got okay. more. Katrina English, great language. Yes. Chris Day, <laughs> Patrick Spato, 
and Lindsay Brazel. Yes. Thank everybody yes. so much for giving to our Patreon. Thank you so, so, so much. We couldn't tell you if uh, if you want to give uh, and you haven't given yet, patreon.com slash last podcast on the left is the place. Thank you guys so much. Couldn't tell you how much it means to us. Uh, and uh, we'll see you all soon. Make goosillations one and all. Hail, hail Satan. Hail, yep. Hail yourselves. And we, all, we owe all of you a tug. <laughs> yep. And that, uh, or a hug. I would prefer a hug. Tug and a hug. Oh. All right. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. <laughs>